Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Inspirational Podcast. You know, in your lifetime, you're going to live millions and millions of moments, but only a couple are going to define the direction of your life. And the crazy thing is, you never know when they're going to come, when that one moment arrives that'll change your life. It could be today. Could have happened yesterday. May happen in a year from now. You see, that's kind of the beauty of life itself. You just don't know. It can be scary, yet it could be incredible and exciting at the same time. Let me give you an example of this. I remember in 2002, July-ish, my wife, Lisa, she wasn't feeling good. It was about two or three weeks where she was nauseous and uh, just basically not feeling good. We had just come back from a trip from Italy. Of course, my mind was thinking, you know, did she have a parasite, pick something up from overseas? I, I don't know. And I was very busy with the practice and I was running around and she said to me that she was going to go see her, her doctor. And I said, okay. So I was standing in the kitchen, again, talking about a moment. I'm standing in the kitchen. It's about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Phone rings. I pick it up. I'm sitting there with my brother, Paul. And um, on the other end is my wife. And she said to me, I'm at the doctor's office. I'm like, okay. And she says, I have to talk to you. I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. So she says, um, well, listen, Dad, there's going to be some major changes happening soon. And she kept talking. And I was like, wait, what? Did you just say da- Dad? What's going on? She goes, I'm pregnant. We're going to have a baby. <laughs> I was like, what? We had not, we don't have any kids yet. I'm like, we're having a baby? I didn't say it out loud because she said to me, listen, we're not out of the woods yet. They're not sure if I'm miscarrying or not because she had some bleeding and um, other symptoms, which was one of the reasons she went to the doctor in the first place. So I was like, what? She goes, you can't tell anyone. I'm like, what? what do you mean I can't tell anyone? My brother's sitting right next to me. You know, my brother's my, the most close, closest person in my life. I'm like, I can't say anything. She goes, nope. She goes, I'm, I have to have an ultrasound and um, I'll get back to you in a little bit. I remember hanging up the phone. My brother goes, what's going on? (laughs) I'm like, oh, nothing. Just Lisa. And I can't even tell you, it's so hard to control yourself. It's like that moment when, you know, you bought the ring for somebody and you just want to tell everybody, I'm going to get engaged. I'm going to ask these moments in life that are just polarizing. It's like, what? Holy crap. And I, I remember just sitting down thinking, wow, this is a weird set of emotions. On one, one level, I'm going to be a dad and that's exciting. On the other, is this baby okay? Is my wife okay? I mean, what's going on? What if she does miscarry? You know, that does happen. Oh, man, was I super excited and scared at the same time. 
As things turned out, fortunately, everything was okay with the pregnancy. And, you know, my son Lorenzo came into the world on March 7th, 2003. And that moment changed my life. But the real moment was that time sitting in the kitchen, getting a phone call from my wife saying, you're going to be a father. And in that moment, that one moment, it's fashioned and changed my life forever. (laughs) What? That just seems like, wow. When you really look at it like that, prior to that moment, I was, my life was so different at that time than it is now because the defining moment was when my son arrived, or at least when I found out he was coming. It was beautiful and loving, and it's going to stay that way until my final breath. What a great thing. Now, it sounds like a great story. It is a great story to me. It's my life. But there are many, many other stories of my life, things that have happened, that have changed me, that have helped me to see life from a very different vantage point, different perspective. It's helped me to understand that life is fragile and these moments are not to be taken lightly. It was August 2013. A gentleman had come in to see me in my office. He'd been struggling with reading and comprehension, just feeling off and slightly dizzy. But he was my age. We were the same age. Wonderful, wonderful guy. We had a nice consultation. I did a neurological examination. Didn't really see a lot going on on the evaluation. But he had told me that the day before he had seen his medical physician and they weren't sure what was going on either. And they had ordered a CT scan of the brain. Uh, No, it wasn't CT, it was MRI of the brain. So I said, oh, okay, cool. I said, let me finish up my evaluation and um, tomorrow when you get the MRI, bring me the, the disc. I'd like to see the images. Usually when I order MRIs, I, it takes three, two, three days to get the radiology report. So I always ask the patients to bring in the images so I can look at them before anybody else. So that day is over. I'm not thinking too much about it. A couple days later, he had scheduled an appointment and he came in to see me early in the morning. He was with somebody else. Somebody drove the car. I don't know why. Because he wasn't impaired where he could drive. The door opened and he came. I met this gentleman that was with him. I said, I'll be with you in just a second. So after I had opened the office and got everything ready, turned the computers on, I invited him in. And he handed me the disc. He said, here's the disc of the images from the MRI from the other day. I said, okay. So I I take the disc, I put it in, and, you know, it takes a little bit for the software on the disc to load up, and I'm kind of waiting for the images to come up on the screen. And this gentleman and I are just having a nice conversation. Remember, we're both 50, and... We're in the same general situation in life. We have family and, you know, we're making a difference in this world. We're helping others and we're sitting down, we're having a nice conversation. And um, I have, I'm slightly distracted, of course, because him and I are 
are communicating and I got a busy rotation coming up and I'm looking at the computer screen waiting for the scans to come up. And um, I remember looking at him and then I had a quick gaze to the left to the computer screen. And my first impression must have destroyed him because when I looked over at the computer screen, I could feel the blood just dropping out of my head. You know, that moment when you're scared and that, you know, you're not sure what to do. Because I'm looking at a tumor in his brain. It was a large medulloblastoma multiform, which is a, a very aggressive brain cancer and not many people live past a year. Yet I look back to him, we're still having this conversation about kids and about our lives. And it's a surreal moment. You know, you can never be prepared for that, either doctor or patient. And um, I just looked at him and he looked at me kind of like, well, what's going on? Do you see something there? I said, uh, I, I wasn't even sure what to say. You know, and then I'm like, yeah, give me a second. And I picked up the phone, I called the hospital and spoke to the radiologist and he confirmed what I thought I was seeing, which was a brain tumor. Um, and, and actually the nature of the tumor, um, medulloblastoma. So I had to, you know, deliver his life-changing moment. And yet at that moment, my life was changing as well. We were changing together. And um, after I told him, he, he, I don't know if it really hit him yet. And um, we talked for a minute and I said, what is it that I can do for you? And he said, uh, I need you to call my wife. I'd like you to explain it to her. And that was another one of life's surreal moments for me. Calling somebody. Giving her the moment of her life. That I don't think she saw this morning when she awoke. I don't think he thought of it either. And I know I didn't. But here we are. Another one of life's moments. Then it started to sink in for both of us. There wasn't anything I could do at that point. I made a few phone calls. I got him into Mass General. But I remember him just not knowing what to do. He just looked at me like speechless. And we just kind of hugged for a moment. Then he cried. I, I didn't know what to do. And the man in the waiting room that was waiting for him said, y'all set? And I remember those two just embracing when he said, I've got brain cancer. I remember the other man looking at him like, no, like, yeah, there's your moment. My wife was working for me at the time. She looked at me. She didn't know what to say either. What, what's going on? I just kind of held my hand up like, don't say anything. I just... This moment is happening. I don't think any words are going to be able to do much with it. I felt sick to my stomach. I'm sure he did too. It changed me profoundly. Even to this moment talking about it just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. You just never know what life is going to bring. And as I said earlier... That is the beauty 
of life itself is to realize it just happens. You've got to decide what you're going to do with it. You know, it's been said that life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. So you can discover yourself and discover what's important in life and what you want out of this journey and this time that you have here. Life is incredibly oxymoronic. Think about it. In one moment, it's incredibly predictable, which means you're going to die at some point, of course. And yet it's completely unpredictable at the same time. That's the thing in the middle, which is life. Life changes so often, and it's just so important that we embrace it and enjoy it for all it's worth. Because you're not going to get it forever. After speaking with that gentleman after the diagnosis and the beginning of the treatment, I started to really learn more about these moments in life and what we should do with them. And I realized that we can't lament over things that we can't control. We can just keep moving. Because if you don't, and these moments beat you down, they're going to suck the color from your landscape, from your picture of life. Things turn monochromatic. They become gray. They become devoid of passion. That's something that we just can't allow to happen. Because life is about passion. And that's what humans are all about. Every single one of us has passion. Sometimes our fear crushes the capacity to allow that passion to do what it's supposed to do. It's to carry us through the most difficult times. It's supposed to polarize and, and colorize the best portions of our life. I wonder if you saw the movie Troy with Brad Pitt. He plays Achilles. And there's a moment in the movie where he says, the gods envy us. They envy us because we're mortal. Because any moment may be our last. Everything is more beautiful because we're doomed. You will never be lovelier than you are now. You will never be here again. Whew. That's such a powerful quote. Yeah, it comes from a movie, but it doesn't really matter. I believe that 100%. And you know what? If you really look at life, it's true. That we're all doomed to our final destiny, which is death. I just don't want to see it as doomed. You know what I mean? Like, I'm doomed because my life sucks and then I'm going to be struggling forever worrying about my death. I mean, I just think that's silly. But from that, I understand one important thing. That I only have so much time and I better use it to the best of my ability or it becomes a waste of life. And I'm not about that. And I hope you aren't either. It's so hard sometimes to stop worrying we worry, we worry, we worry. And where do we learn this worry? Well, somebody taught us how to do it early in our lives. And we've become PhDs in worry. Worrying about the problems of your life. Well, let me tell you something. Worry is a waste of human time, energy, and passion. Yuck. I mean, you worry too much for too long, the brain shifts and changes, and it turns into anxiety. 
and then anxiety attacks, which affects your physiology, which moves towards depression, which basically leaves you imprisoned by yourself. And it's a crappy place to be. And in reality, that cell that you live in, you actually hold the key to open it and walk out anytime you want. I like to think of life like this. Maybe this will give you some deeper perspective. That life is a book. Your, your life is a book. And it has many chapters in it. And each one of those chapters is another year of your life. So if you're fortunate, perhaps like my mom, she's 91 years old and still passionate and enjoying her life. Her book has 91 chapters in it. And every single one of those chapters is important to the book. You can't rip out a chapter of a book and get the full understanding of what happened, which is part of the message in the first place is that things happen. Life happens. Some of it is in your control and some of it is out of your control. But in reality, at the end of your life, when they close the book and you take your last breath, the book is exactly the way it was supposed to be. So why sit around and worry about it all the time? Just let it go. Just live the life that you want. Don't apologize for it either. It is what it is. But if you sit and you worry about it all the time, it's not going to be a book that anybody wants to read. It's not going to move people. And in reality, you're here for a reason, and I don't know what it is. How do you like them apples? I don't know what your reason for being here is. I only know what mine is. And it takes a lifetime to discover ourselves, to understand why we're here. And each one of us is like an onion with many layers and textures. And if you're young today, you probably don't even realize that there are so many deep, multiple layers of who you are. And you may be so far from even, so far away from understanding what those levels are. And how do you get those? How do you get that perspective of who you are? It's through experience. And your experiences are fashioned on the moments of your life. That's incredibly powerful. So don't worry. Quit worrying. If you worry, make it short and sweet and get out of there. Stop worrying. Remember this one thing. This could be the most important thing of all. Is that, I mean, the Beatles said it. They wrote music on it. That all you need is love. Love trumps everything. Above all else, it's love. That's one thing about humans. We search for love. Every one of us is attentive to it. We all want it. And I don't care who you are. You could be in a Hell's Angels gang. You're still searching for love. Many of them get it through what? Through the gang life. I know it's not a wonderful thing and I'm not condoning that at all, but look deeper. Look under the layers of somebody that's in a gang. They may never have had someone who loved them. They felt vulnerable and cheated out of many things. And here comes a gang that says, listen, join us, even though we're probably going to, not probably, we're going to screw up a lot of other people's lives, but we're going to do it together. We're going to share love together. Strange, isn't it? It's like, what? And then there's that other love. The love that I have for my wife and kids. Doing something wonderful to help others. That's the key right there. There's this powerful 
connection that humans have. And it's when it's love, it brings tears and emotion. You, you ever watch some of those shows like America's Got Talent or, I don't know, American Idol or something? You learn somebody's story and that you connect to their story and you feel them. And then they're vulnerable and they stand out on a stage. And in their moment of vulnerability, we feel vulnerable and we feel emotional. And we cheer for them to be great. We don't want them to be bad. We want them to be great because we see ourselves within them. And then, as it would be, they let it fly. They take that chance, that chance, that, that moment where they just express their passion and just hope that everybody will love it. Get it? Love it. And while you watch, you feel this overwhelming sense of love and compassion and warmth while they triumph. And if you look around the room, most everybody else is feeling the same way. And you start to realize that although we're all so different, so individually different, we're so beautifully one. We're so connected. We all want the same things, just in different ways. And the one thing that we all want is to experience love. We want to give it, we want to receive it, and we want to bask in it. Some of us can achieve this easily because we're conditioned for it. And others, it's just going to take a little bit more time. But nonetheless, the most important thing is that love conquers all. Allow yourself to be vulnerable and know that you'll be okay. Life is full of moments, and it's our reaction to those moments which define our life. It helps you to develop perspective where you live in fear and waste this precious time that you've been given, or where you just trust that it'll be okay, and that when your book is done, when your life is done, those chapters, those years of your life will be filled with a life worth living, with emotions such as fear and pain and sadness, but more importantly, happiness and joy and peace. They're all part of this book. There's no chance that you can have a book that doesn't have a villain and a hero, and you're both of those. But I would encourage you to keep your eye on the prize, that love will conquer all, and that this will just be another moment that defines the direction of your life. If you think about it, take this podcast and share it with some others. I think everybody needs a little perspective. I wish you the very best today and love above all. See you next time on the Daily Inspirational Podcast.